from the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. Uh, we talk a little bit about um, sort of what can, you know, some of the historical contexts about uh, the end of the Sanders campaign. Uh, and he's also, by the way, the author of the book, um, uh, Take Hold of Our History, Make America Radical Again. Uh, talks a lot about the sort of buried American radical history that uh, that well, doesn't really get talked about. A lot of Lincoln, a lot of Thomas Paine. A lot of um, stuff on Abraham Lincoln. Not to this, take these sorts of folks. You'll hear this in an interview, but uh, not to take these sort of folks, you know, wholesale as either good or bad, but sort of like highlighting the things that they have done that have appealed to broadly working class people um, and benefited working class people in a material sense. Uh, he also has another book on uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, coming out. You'll hear more about that in the interview. Uh, so without further ado, that's the hard So we have uh, Har Professor Harvey Kay from the University of Wisconsin Green Bay joining us on Good Morning Comrade. Um, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I mean, as as I mentioned to you, I in some ways I I'm doing just too fine. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm relaxing. I'm reading. I'm tweeting. I'm talking to somebody like yourself, who mm -hmm. I look forward to speaking with today. Mm -hmm. I mean, we run out maybe once a week and buy food for the house. Otherwise, we take walks. And we've been through winter for so many weeks here. Remember, I'm not in New Orleans. I'm right, right. It's so cold up there. And so today, the last couple of days, we've actually been in the 50s, which probably isn't unusual, given my recollections of living in Louisiana. But mm -hmm. I can tell you that living in Wisconsin, this is the beginning of spring. It, there's no greenery at all. The weather's just turning now. It's coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I, that, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I kind of like like about this time of year, and I have been spending some time outside. One of the things that we do, sort of in our with our neighbors, is we have we, we actually just got a projector, and we got a screen that I'm going to build up, and hope and what and I live in like a little cul-de-sac, and yeah. hopefully we can arrange it so that people in our neighborhood can watch something on the screen maybe a movie i, I think they're going to replay a saints game tomorrow so maybe we'll put that up there and well, kind of do that as a neighborhood on local, on local tv i think it was local not national they replayed the, the packers victory in 2011 over the over the uh over the pittsburgh steelers oh wow <laughs> oh wow they just showed it as an afternoon entertainment yeah aaron Rodgers. yeah right that that's that's really cool. I and, and you know it's something to kind of kind of keep people's spirits up, I suppose. And and we were talking just before we pressed record about uh, the possibility of well, like this is an opportunity to uh, kind of talk to people who are kind of like demoralized and they're feeling very sort of like at the like like they're they're very stressed out and they don't they're they're many people are quarantined and trapped at home if they're not working, of course. Uh, which I, I make I go out of my way to make this point on the show. 
uh, they're like the definition of what an essential worker is is really coming through right now. Oh, and yeah, right. nurses, doctors, of course, but people who work at grocery stores, uh, uh, the Instacart workers and Amazon workers uh, who are who are uh, organizing workers, the guys driving the buses, absolutely, and the, and, 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 su- and the, the subway systems. You bet. Absolutely, and, and those are jobs that we think of as like like in the they're they're lower paying jobs, but we don't really think about how important that kind of work is and now it really is coming through yeah we don't even you know given the the, the vile character of this administration mm-hmm. and their apparent determination to let people suffer <laughs> the fact that we didn't even have yeah i mean the term hell-bent comes to mind yeah hell-bent sorry even better <laughs> um it doesn't i mean it's striking just how few just protective masks there are for people to yeah. who have to go out and work among other folks it's it, it's just it, it is shocking mm-hmm. but we were talking about things that we could do and, and you know in the podcast and television radio stuff people say you know you're you know fdr um what, what was the story like when the when the, the depression hit or the outset of world war ii now of course utterly different kinds of crises but there are things we can derive or or take from those experiences and among those, and I think especially who think of themselves on the on the left side of the political spectrum, we ought to be thinking about not just not just how we can hunker down or how and and the and the good we might be able to do for neighbors, but as well we ought to be thinking, given the technologies we have and the fact that we're stuck at home, mm-hmm. you know, all this social media, maybe there are ways. You know, you and I were talking about not just socializing, which is fundamental. Mm-hmm. You were telling me if I if you don't mind my repeating about DSA groups that have been doing karaoke through social media which i i think is fantastic mm-hmm. okay and but which then led me to tell you and i'm going to repeat for everyone to hear that back in the 30s and into the 40s in terms of raising people's morale either in some cases it was the government but let's not forget it was the roosevelt administration a very progressive administration mm-hmm. that really did want to cultivate solidarities and raise people's awareness of the possibilities for political change but groups on the left, labor unions mm-hmm. and other kinds of social movements actually had access to radio and they produced shows, you know, mm-hmm. entertainments, uh, not only to make people feel better and to make them laugh in the midst of, of the nightmare of the Depression and then the, the, and then World War Two, but because they wanted to create solidarities on a broader level and cultivate the solidarities for those moments where they might actually turn them into even more radical kinds of actions absolutely so, yeah so building yeah. using i mean not necessarily creating a subculture but but participating in mass culture and pushing it to, to yes. into the direction of of sort of a more socialized perspective that's what it sounds yeah. like you're mentioning there to me because the subculture sort of differentiates from itself from the culture and that can be that, that can become a bubble very quickly and very easily right you know a uh, Last time, I, I don't. I remember we talked last time probably about taking hold of our history, make America radical again. Yes. You know, so one of the one of the projects that I've been involved in, and I produced a book back in 2014, was titled "The Fight for the Four Freedoms," mm-hmm. which really threw me deeply into the 30s and the 40s regarding how working people not only got mobilized by Franklin Roosevelt in the New Deal, but also got empowered by Roosevelt in terms of organizing labor unions, carrying out actions getting bolstered by the government to guarantee their rights as workers. And in many ways, in the absence of an FDR, because we don't, obviously our president is, is anything but an FDR, right. a vile, utterly a vile character, um, Trump, who was you know, utterly uh, embedded with the uh, most reactionary political forces in America. 
They're not at all interested in creating solidarities. They're clearly not interested in empowering working people. But we do have voices out there who might well take the lead in these kinds of things. Both, I mean, we have Bernie Sanders. You know, obviously, you, you know my position on, on Bernie. Bernie's, Bernie's good. town halls, Bernie's town, Bernie's town halls. In addition to the prior, you know, however many rallies he, he had, are really important moments where he might not only indicate the kinds of things we need to do legislatively, he might actually start talking about what working people should do in the midst of this crisis mm -hmm. to create their solidarities in and organize themselves all the more effectively. We have Sarah Nelson, who, by the way, is, you know, you know, Sarah, yes. the head of the, she is the head of the Sarah American Nelson flight has got to be, she's the future of American labor if we're lucky. Yes. Okay. And she's got a voice the media tends to. And we have young people in Congress now like AOC. So we have these kinds of folks. If there's some way to sort of, you know, have them have a, a conclave a, 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 and lay out an agenda and mm -hmm. what's left of the American labor movement, and, and there are still millions of us in it, we too ought to be involved in those kinds of things. So Absolutely. what I'm getting at is we're at this moment where we're isolated, and yet at the very same time, we have the means by which we can create these solidarities and also talk about strategies as we go forward, because you and I both know, and we're not fools, as much as we support Bernie, Bernie's got, as he himself put it, a very narrow path to the possibility of a nomination. Correct. And as I've been telling people, I mean, Trump, a Trump administration is a nightmare in the future. Um, Biden does not represent a significant alternative. Correct. And the question is, if Trump gets elected, we have to organize in, in a way so as to literally, truly with capital R-E-S-I-S-T. Yeah. Resist. But similarly with Biden, if he's elected, it's not a question of resistance. It's a question of literally organizing to, to be his, you know, not his worst nightmare, but, but at least to be the kind of thing that can push him. Yeah. That can put if he if he wants to, to have a presidency worth talking about that, that we have to we have to push him. Yeah. And I think, for example, I'll just sorry, I'm going on a bit. You're good. I mean, I've, I've been saying to people that if, that Bernie Sanders really ought to be as you and I are talking, people don't realize we're talking for radio, but you and I are actually looking at each other by way mm -hmm. of Zoom. I mean, Bernie ought to be on Skype, Zoom, or whatever else with with uh, with Biden, and telling him, "Hey, look, okay, I'm no fool. I know I know the degree to which you know you've got command of the of the nomination, but I can tell you something. You want if you if you want the nomination to matter, then here's what you must do. Right. The road goes Bernie, through command, the, the road goes through us. The road yeah. to the nomination goes through us. That's the road right. to the presidency I would goes demand. Through. I would demand in writing a commitment to pursue Medicare for all mm -hmm. as a fundamental, as a starting place, mm -hmm. as a starting place. Yeah, and, and, and that's a very strong negotiating. We prepared to make that that an issue now and and over the horizon. Yeah, that's a very strong negotiating approach as well. Um, now we have seen, and, and maybe we can get a little bit into um, to this. Like, like Bernie has, and, and I've actually argued. Um, so it's sort of in the defense of a, a lot of, of, of some of behavior, of the, the sort of positioning, rather, of, that Bernie has put, like, many people on the left have talked about how Bernie had not attacked Biden enough or something like that. And I, I don't really oh, yeah. understand it because how can you expect someone who has built a career organizing, like, from from congress and from like these strong positions mayor of burlington and so forth how can you expect him to start at, at the you know when he's 79 years old starting attacking people personally or whatever you know calling people liars yeah well yeah, indeed which which that night well most often in 
I'm thinking about back in Britain when I lived there and, and at my following of the BBC to this day, it's the case that it wouldn't require one person to attack the other. The journalists, the moderators should have been calling Biden out as a liar. Right. They should have said, Mr. Vice President, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. OK, and they should have highlighted that stuff. It, would, it, sh- it shouldn't have had to be Bernie who turned to, to Joe Biden and said, mm-hmm. you're lying. It should not, it should not even be the issue. And in a sense, he, he did. He did, in a sense, show that Biden was lying. He, he, he yes. made him actually lie on television. Yeah. He, he positioned it in such a way, specifically when we talk about. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was in the last debate. Um, but but he he positioned it so that Joe Biden had to tell a lie to yeah. defend his to defend himself, and he did. And there was I mean you cannot go any further than that because it would the, I can see what the stories would be in the news like like it it, it would make sense to me if he if he started attacking if if it would help him that it would make sense to criticize him for that. But I don't see that as being helpful because I think the the press would say, oh look at Bernie going downstairs, you know. Jeff, do you remember the last time we actually spoke what the date was? Uh, that was, oh goodness, it was... The reason I'm asking is because I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to repeat something to you, but that, that's I, fine. my anxiety all along, my outrage actually, all along with the debates, uh-huh. well before the one-on-one debate, was what Bernie was failing to do. I mean, the, the Democrats themselves are, were shameless. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Utterly. shameless. The audacity, which is now revealed, and people have very short memories of this, but we know, we know full well that when those Democrats, whether it was Klobuchar or Buttigieg or any one of them, turned to Bernie, or for that matter to Elizabeth Warren, and said, "We can't afford Medicare for all," that they were lying. Yeah, the the the, the Koch brothers themselves had a study that came out saying essentially they un- unintentionally proved this point but they proved that medicare for all would be cheaper than the, the current system right <laughs> so basically my feeling is that the crew of democrats other than perhaps representing a, a, a slightly a, you know clearly a better alternative than trump were actually sh- i'm ashamed of them as a group okay i mean usually it's hard enough to vote for democrats you have to hold your nose but in right. this instance it's almost like you have to have hazmat material, uh, you know, to go vote for one of them. PPE. So what bugged me was, okay, what bugged me was not just they're doing that. That, that I just wrote them off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what really bugged me was this. Bernie, who literally, I mean, truly, if you go to his website, it's the fulfillment of the FDR, capital D and small d, democratic promise <clears throat> of the New Deal. It's the New Deal. For Bernie, it's the Green New Deal. For Roosevelt, it had a lot to do with industrial democracy. Mm -hmm. For Bernie, it's workers' democracy. Mm -hmm. For FDR, it was Social Security, and he wanted Social Security to include universal health care. But the Republicans and the corporate order type folk and the AMA, the American Medical Association, Mm -hmm. literally threatened him that they would do everything in their power to block Social Security if, if he kept Medicare, not Medicare, you know, universal health care mm-hmm. in there. Okay, so for Bernie, it is Medicare for all. This, Bernie Sanders can call himself a democratic socialist all he wants. He is basically an FDR social democrat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that needs to be made clear as I go forward here. So here's the thing. 
Bernie's got it all over his website. On key occasions, he's reached back and embraced FDR. But every time he goes on national TV, on the group debate or the one-on-one -on -one with Biden, he runs from FDR. Yeah, why does he do that? I, can, I can't figure it out, but let's come back to the question. Let's just make it clear to everyone that he is truly an FDR Democrat in a 21st century fashion, right. social democracy. Okay, it's all there on the website. And even in his sort of YouTube events, he will occasionally make that kind of connection. And in his rallies, he will. He goes before the American people on national TV. He could literally, if he, if, if he were asked a question by a moderator that could at all be segued from, if he could move from them, pivot from them, he could have said, I think there's a bigger question. We all claim up here to be the heirs of the Franklin Roosevelt legacy. And let's not forget who Franklin Roosevelt was. Quickly, he could do an A, B, yeah, C, D. Very easy. Well, let us all agree that if that's the case, that we want to fulfill, he could have pushed the FDR social democracy stuff. And then these Democrats either would have had to bow to him mm -hmm. or literally lie. Or, I mean, or run away or disavow FDR. Exactly. Nobody yeah. disavows Lincoln. Nobody disavows FDR. You can't do that. And, <laughs> and I can You know what? I I'll tell you, I, I wrote a memo to Bernie, which I know was was delivered. And I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only one who, who made that kind of argument. And for some reason, he could not do it on TV. He wouldn't have even had to smack Biden and Klobuchar and mm -hmm. the rest. He could have used Roosevelt to do it. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, since, uh, real quick, uh, you, you're listening to WHIVLP New Orleans. This is Good Morning Comrade. One thing that uh, I also, since we're being, I mean, it's funny, this conversation or this sort of like, this kind of direction uh, came about because we were talking about people being like like unfair criticism of Bernie, and now we're providing different criticism of Bernie. That's I just wanted to point that out. It's very funny to me, but I think it's, Look, it's I've, truly I've appropriate. I've been for Bernie ever since the 1980s. Correct. I, I went through the same kind of ang I was angry with him. Look, I voted for him. I give money uh -huh. to him, but I was angry with him in 2015-16 for failing. He would talk about FDR on on many on various occasions but whenever he went on national tv against hillary he never did it instead yeah. he talked about scandinavia yeah and which time, is not popular did, that's a loser that's again. a loser over and over again and it's like you, you want to sort of say grab him by the collar and say bernie if you can't do it, how are we going to do it? <laughs> and, and one other thing, too, is and if, if we're going to be while we're being critical of Bernie's sort of positioning and approach when it comes to towards FDR, he also because because we there's two things that I think that he could have done or he can still do potentially the, the expectation that he might it might be long shot or whatever. But yeah, he 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 could he um, didn't or hasn't positioned himself as a majority candidate he is currently or his the entire time the policies that he was pushing forward the entire time are the most popular policies out of anybody else period yes. medicare for all like 70 percent approval rating right, crazy, exactly. crazy numbers and exactly. he, he, he didn't really say he didn't essentially position himself we, the American people, Bernie could say this directly. We, the American people, want this. We, why are, why are we, why are you standing in the way of us? 
of all of us. Yes. He could have ran closer right. to the Americans. Right. Instead, he allowed himself to be asked a dumb question like, how are you going to pay for it? Yeah. And, and, and by the way, it would have been easy. He would have said, because we no longer have to pay insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Period. And, and then... A, oh, go ahead. Okay, then, but you're going to say it was two things. The other thing was, uh, I don't think he strongly enough made the case because of that popularity of he he could have essentially taken taken that the the the, the popularity that of him personally which is which has always been there or at least it's been there since yes. 2016 and the idea that he um supported the i mean he was the person that was driving pop, pop um policies like medicare for all uh yes. which which was the flagship and he could have essentially said, this is why I am the best position candidate to beat Donald Trump. He didn't make that case strongly enough, I don't think. Right. And, right. And, and that would have been actually the, the opening. Or can, I mean, again, I'm saying it like it's over. Uh, like I said, long shot. But, but that, that is a very strong positioning. And that could be something that, uh, that the next person down the line could do or whatever. You know, as you say that, I'm, I'm, something just struck me. We knew about the threat of the pen of a pandemic mm -hmm. at, late in 2019. It goes back right to uh, to go back to December mm -hmm. of 2019. The Chinese the reports out of Wuhan mm -hmm. and the possibility that it was going to take off, mm -hmm. or is it January? Uh, I I think it was uh, I think it was 2019 actually when it was starting. Right. That was so when what the, I'm getting the, at, mm -hmm. the point here is think about this. You know, it's an, there's an old expression, timing is everything, right? Yeah. Well, it, think about this. If this moment were like a month ago, okay, you tell me if Biden and Sanders stood before the nation mm -hmm. and Biden forswore or he was prepared to veto Medicare, Medicare for, for all. all. And Bernie stands up, Bernie would represent not only Medicare for all, but he was all, would also represent the argument which he's made last night is that that what was done for the airline industries, the bailout for the airline industries, which is still possibly in jeopardy, I hope not, in which they are bailed out, but they but the money's given to them must be paid as wages to the workers. Oh, that's good. Which is the model they've used in a couple of European countries mm -hmm. as opposed to unemployment. You don't because that way they continue to get their benefits. Mm -hmm. Pay even if it costs more, you pay industries to keep their workers even if you're putting them uh, you know they're not working you pay them okay? and, and that would and Bernie did, well wait uh, and Bernie ahead, did that last night so imagine if would, who would ever choose biden over bernie sanders exactly. the fdr democrat I exactly mean, and 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 yeah and and now it, it it again it might be too little too late and and biden is making the actually smart decision of not engaging with bernie uh, not yeah. wanting to do debates, not wanting to do anything because he's got a lead, you know. So, so and he's talking as if he's the head of the Democratic Party. He said, well, "Let's have the convention, not in what was it July, but in August." Or you know, he's talking like yeah. he's there. And then it was, "Let's ha not, let's do the convention possibly as a virtual convention." Right. I mean, it's all this kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Bert, look, this was we were close, mm -hmm. and and the trick now is, at what point does Bernie make it? literally a negotiating position his candidacy right and also what to when do we begin to already mobilize in terms of what we do 
even post November. I think I think the answer to that question is we need to pressure Bernie himself. We need to pressure Bernie and the campaign. That's my sort of first thought. Yeah, that, like I mean, he, he, I, look, I love the guy, but he it's apparently apparently he's stubborn. <laughs> I think you asked what you know. Why doesn't he? And I, I think yeah. we shouldn't discount the personal fa- personality sure. factor, of course, of stubbornness. But and again, I, I think that the idea behind the whole "not me, us" thing, though, could potentially be a way to take it uh, essentially for the "us" part yes. to sort of seize the initiative. You know, right. I mean, I mean, there is going to be a life after Bernie in, in politics for sure for the left politics. And hopefully instead of sort of the you know tide rolling back on the whatever, right. if you ever want to call yeah. it, if you wouldn't even call it a left in the U.S., most people, some people would definitely say that there isn't one. Uh, but th- essentially there needs to be structures that will either pressure which they are now or and or, I suppose, um, like just be the next the next wave the next step and and, yeah. and it cannot be walking we cannot be walking backwards we cannot and also we need to be very very careful about about our positioning going forward mm-hmm. if there is to whatever extent there is this left because claiming that there's a future specific I, I know this sounds very very un-DSA like but <laughs> the future is not there is no guaranteed future of socialism no absolutely not and and the fact is we can't expect everyone in the midst of a crisis to somehow do some kind of like awakening to that, to, to, to a, a socialist future. It's more the case of we have to figure out how to articulate what we believe is essential in terms of working people themselves understand, not only to understand it as in smart enough or dumb enough or anything like that. What sure, I'm talking sure, about sure. is it has to speak directly to their needs and aspirations. Correct. Otherwise, they won't listen. Folks won't right. listen. Folks will not listen. And if we talk to them from as if we if if and this is a problem historically on the left. Um, and, you know, I'm not calling out anybody in particular or anything like that. But there is sort of a, a positioning of kind of I'm going to tell you what's good for you. You know what I mean? And, and yes, people I, do, yeah. I mean, if when somebody tells me that I'm, I'm turning yeah. my brain off, I'm not listening to you. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, we have no, to meet people where they're at. You know, one of the other things that I've been trying to, and it's good we got to talk and, and that people can hear us talk about mm-hmm. this, is that there are in, incredible numbers of, like you're on radio. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are really great podcasters out there. Mm-hmm. There are diverse shows, call them progressive, you know, the, the show Rising on Hill TV Live, mm-hmm. which is a very populist kind of thing. Uh, midday majority report with Sam Cedar and uh, Michael Brooks, mm-hmm. the Michael Brooks show, which is on Tuesday evenings. Um, and then you've got in the evening, the young Turks. And whenever I mention these various shows, I get, the, I know I get various responses. You know, people have, all have their favorites. So I don't care about favorites. All I know is that it's I can't bear to watch cable TV news any longer. Correct. So I, I turn to podcasters. I turn to these shows in the course of a day and I read and I read newspapers, mm-hmm. you know, diverse papers. And I stay online with the BBC and others. So the thing is, if we now have voices, but and I, I, I wish I had a sense as to how many radio shows like yours were positioned around the country. Mm-hmm. I know here in Wisconsin, there's W.O.R.T. down in it's Wart. It's mm-hmm. called down in, in Madison. 
Um, doesn't reach the whole state, but you can always reach it online nowadays. We've got a, you know this this new world of, of media. Mm-hmm. There's we've got all this media, this for lack of a better way of putting it, this alternative media, this left media, and it's just such a ripe time for cultivating a message that doesn't speak just to ourselves. Correct. We need to find a way to take this this app uh, this ecosystem, I would call it, mm-hmm. and inject that into the mass culture make it a part yeah. of culture that 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 is something that i think is a next step a way that we can we can actually break in to that you know cnn msnbc fox echo chamber that just dra- it's just got a ratcheting effect of bringing right you know bringing things further yeah. right. right not to say that there shouldn't be sort of anchorings like in like like ideological or sort of like populist i suppose anchorings in this um but but we need to have like id we cannot compromise on things like medicare for all which i'm not saying that you're suggesting we need to make sure that those are the those are the sort of like pillars by which this platform pushes forward yeah you know it's this is to throw a little history into this this would be 40 years ago. So we're talking, say, early 70s. So social scientists wanted to figure out why it was that Americans were, were, were voting, in, seemingly voting in a more, moving in a more conservative direction by way of their votes. But at the same time, when asked what they wanted, were moving to the left mm-hmm. in terms of what they wanted. Okay. So you said, so you and I are talking Medicare for all. So I've, I have friends, well, you know, and I sure. confess, I have friends who voted for Trump. They're, they're not my academic friends, but my friends in the community. Sure. And I can tell you that there are diverse reasons for their voting for Trump. But what amazes me is that when I talk to them about Medicare for all, they don't resist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay? They don't resist. So, so there are those things. So if we look, whether you're a progressive, a populist, a socialist or a radical, if you can't if we can't all agree on Medicare for all, then we're deep trouble on the left. But if that becomes the, the vanguard issue for us, mm-hmm. then we can speak to, as we already know, to vast, to millions of people who would never consider themselves on the left. That's a great so point. Therefore, so what I'm getting at here is that, is that we shouldn't be debating whether or not, which is the best word to call ourselves, progressive, populist, radical. It just, I, I'm just fed up with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's only going to cost us, it's going to alienate people. We mm-hmm. need to be talking in a more visionary kind of way with policies as part of the vision. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and uh, on the other side of station idea, I want to continue that. Uh, you listen to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. This show is Good Morning Comrade, WHIVFM.org slash listen. Uh, so I'm talking with Harvey Kay, the professor of democratic studies at University of Wisconsin Green Bay. And, you know, so I, I, I really we, do. Can I just bug people a little bit? I just want to mention Absolutely. that, number one, if anybody wants to be in touch with me, I'm on Twitter, very active on mm-hmm. Twitter at Harvey J K H A R V E Y J K A Y E. Yeah. And if, I, if just send me a note, you know, we, we can converse that way if you wish. But the other thing is, if anybody's interested in what I do, I mean, I've got more books than you want to hear about. <laughs> but my most recent book is called Take Hold of Our History, Make America Radical Again. And beyond that, I did a book called The Fight for the Four Freedoms, What Made FDR and the Greatest Generation Truly Great. And then my other book, which is my love letter to America, which retells 
the story of America in terms of the radical Thomas Paine yeah. and his influence, titled Thomas Paine and the Promise of America. And they're all in paperback. This Tuesday, I have a book coming out entitled FDR on Democracy, which is going to be very timely, given the fact that we, we should be so lucky as to be able to get Bernie into the presidency. But this Tuesday? Case, what's that? This Tuesday? This Tuesday, it launches. It, oh, wow. It's titled FDR on Democracy. Okay. The sad part is that right now it's, it's hardback and it'll be an ebook as well, but not terribly expensive in either, in either form. Absolutely. And what yeah. I did is I went through all of FDR's writings and speeches and I, and I, and I wanted to show people from start to finish that for all of his sins, and I know people out there saying, isn't that the FDR who, you know, kept the military segregated in World War II, right. ordered the internment of Japanese Americans? You, you can read about that in, in my work. The point is that from start to finish, FDR was capital P progressive, uh, capital L liberal. But if you look closely at his arguments over and over again, he's a decidedly small P progressive and a decidedly pioneering in American terms, social Democrat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, his policies and his initiatives in the New Deal and even during World War II reveal that. But his speeches are really remarkable. Mm -hmm. They are inspiring. They're encouraging. And in certain cases, they are revolutionary. I mean, there, there's 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 one speech in particular, 1936, where he accepts the Democratic nomination for president. And it is truly radical. He positions himself on the shoulders of the American Revolution. And he talks about how Americans overthrew economic royalists, sorry, political royalists in 1776 to create the United States. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, we now need to overthrow the power of the economic royalists. And he means specifically industrial capitalists. Yeah, so that, guy, that, is yeah. Almost, that is almost Marxian, you know what I mean? That uh, is almost. Borderline. Yeah. Well, there's another earlier, uh, when he was running in for president 32, is a great speech in which he says, geez, I wish I had the word, I, I meant to carry the words with me in case we got into this. He says, um, economic laws are not made by nature, they're made by humans. In other words, <laughs> we can change them. Yeah. Know? Yeah, no, I mean, he was far, far more to the left than people can often appreciate because too many historians have drained the radicalism from uh -huh. his record. Yeah. That's that's a that's a really interesting point. I was not familiar with that, and I'm I'm definitely gonna have to pick that book up. Um, but so just to go back, yes. Um, to to just before uh we we but that uh, not to that 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 uh, we were talking about an anchoring in an deaf yarn democracy. How about that? And it's already uh it's already tabbed Tuesday. up. <laughs> Tuesday. It's coming Tuesday. I can't wait. Um. Sorry. So we were yeah, no, no. I, don't apologize. Just, he, I distracted. I distracted him because in our Zoom, I showed him a pic, I showed him the picture. Of my <laughs> new book Sorry. No, that that's great. Um, so we were talking also just about sort of like a left or, or a, so like a um, left is even a term that I whatever. The yes. there's a sort of an ecosystem that exists that has commonality around issues such as Medicare for all or right. like worker worker representation and democracy on the job. Things like that and those are things that are tremendously popular and that those should be the anchoring and the mooring and and that could be the sort of central commonality the, the point of unity amongst a broad coalition of working people that stretches all the way from whatever you want to call it, you know, the, you know, anarchist left or whatever to the liberal, you know, what, you know, that, that it, it's sort of like something that 
brings working people, working class people together, right? Back and in that's the, 30s, the important they thing. They called it a united front, yeah, a popular front, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was filled with entertainments. I love entertainment. I love entertainment. And hopefully we provide some entertainment on this show, too. So Um, anyway, that's just some jokes to tell. (laughs) Well, um, anyway, the but 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 that's sort of like that could be like a a, not just an entertainment like coalition, like like the term coalition. Like that's what comes to mind when you mention like, like multiple organizations coming around issues. Right. That's what th- that's what comes together. And there needs to be that there need that like it's not just going to be a DSA or uh, labor unions or uh, whatever. Like and, and also these things are not discrete entities. They're not labor union, DSA, Democratic Party are three things that I'm technically a member of. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, so- I'm not a member of the Democratic Party. And I only when they embrace Bernie's politics. <laughs> well, so I will say this, and, and I'd like to pick your brain on this. Um, in terms of, because we've had, we've talked about this on the show a bit. Uh, what about getting involved in local, like, party sort of politics? Is that sort of a dead end, do you think? Or you think that's something that... No, I don't think it's a dead end, but mm-hmm. I think people need to be prepared for the, what they're going to face when they do that. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I just said I, I don't belong to the Democratic Party, but for a while I did. Mm-hmm. And because I was asked to serve on a committee of our county democratic organization, it was called mm-hmm. the Ideas Committee. Oh, but what? And I and I figured they invited me because I'm overflowing. With you ideas. have so many ideas. With ideas, but they really didn't want ideas. No. Okay. They, it was more like meant to be a rubber stamp yeah. to whatever the Democratic Party. Then why they name it that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was really unfortunate, and so I literally the Clintonites drove me out. I just uh-huh. couldn't stand it. Um, so I, but but I can tell you, my younger colleagues who who are moving into the Democratic Party to make, try to make a difference, they found the same kinds of resistance in the Democratic Party. But right now, the mo- the time is ripe, perhaps once again for make for making a difference mm-hmm. in, inside of, of the party. So it all var- it depends. You know, too many career. Part of the thing is people forget the Democratic Party as as loose as it is. A lot of people's careers hang on it. Correct. And as a consequence, they don't want they don't want radical ideas or they don't want progressive ideas they don't want populist ideas they want to go with the flow they want to they want to please their superiors and their seniors right that's one thing but so so i'm not telling people not to do what i'm saying is go in with a with a with a tough shell don't don't let them put you off yeah so so i it's funny that you mentioned that too because i've been engaged in this sort of process as well and and you know i've seen seemingly very small things like um, I don't want to be specific about it, but uh, there was something that was brought up at a recent one of these executive committee meetings, which I, I sit on a local one, and I actually sit on the uh-huh. state committee just because nobody even ran in my district. I, I basically uh-huh. just sign the paper, yeah. pay the fee, and and I'm in. Um, but the 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 situation sort of became like about so about engaging in a school board issue, right? Oh yeah, and there was this. This actually affected me personally, so I'll be. I will be specific about it. There, there. Um, the, the, essentially, there's schools closing. There was some positioning or some sense, rather, from members that like the leadership of, um, the sort of like the lo- the local union wasn't stepping forward or pushing forward enough, and came to the executive committee, 
and just sort of mentioned, you know, maybe taking a position on this. And that was a, a lot of sort of like looking around and excuse making and thinking about it. And, and, and again, these are, and, and this is the interesting part too, because a lot of these folks are fine folks. I mean, they just don't, yeah, they're, sure. they're, and, and they're not, some of them not careerists or whatever, but they were just sort of like, Th that isn't just not it's just different than what they've done it's different than what they've always done you know and it's just a change in 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 that and there's just sort of a reflective pushback against that I yeah suppose. no in fact i mean similarly my experience with the people in the democratic party was very friendly yeah i was i was just surprised at how they were they were so bound up with whatever the clinton machine had mm -hmm. as an agenda they couldn't entertain the idea that maybe at the democratic party at the sorry at the county level we might start talking about raising the minimum wage or we might start talking about national health care. They, they, mm -hmm. they didn't want to have a percolation mm -hmm. from the bottom up. So you have to be prepared to stand up and, and push, you know. Yeah. And it, it's, it, and, it, and it becomes a question of organizing, period. I mean, that's what it becomes. And you need yeah. to find the people that work with you and start building from there. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is don't go in by yourself. Right. <laughs> Definitely. It's going to be a general meeting. Take along like minded people. Yeah. That's how the Tea Party began, you know. Right. Yeah. It, it, well, that and millions of dollars, but right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but but yeah, but, but in, 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 in the in the human sense, it's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. but th th I mean that is a great point. Like, you don't want to be isolated when when you sort of challenge something. You need to have someone that you can talk to and someone that you can sort of ask yourself or someone actually so you don't have to ask yourself am i the one that sees this or am i just cra am i just crazy or you see this too you know there's a lot there's a lot of validation in just checking being able to check in with somebody when something comes up that doesn't smell right yes. and and getting getting get that to be confirmed essentially right. doesn't pay to whine if you're gonna if you're all it just doesn't pay to whine w-h-i-n-e yeah Okay, no. It pays to go in, give it a shot in solidarity with other people. And by the way, make if if people resist, make them have to count the votes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, make it, yeah, exactly. And that goes to any kind of a democratic organization, even if it is like like a DSA thing or your labor union or whatever. I mean, yeah. there 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 needs to be some kind of. There needs so in order for a democracy to work, and you could probably, I mean, you probably know about this much more than I do, but there needs to be sort of like an active debate in the things that are being under discussion. If, if, if uh, leadership of whatever organization presents something and there's no examination of what, you know, whatever the proposed yeah. right. issue is, then you don't actually functionally have a democracy. You know, you just have a, a, a power that, that, uh, a, a power positioning that that has compliance and discipline on the other side of it right that's what the communists even in the euro communist parties they call it democratic centralism right yeah they sent down you know that they sent down the word and everybody's supposed to sort of applaud yeah. party line type yeah. stuff yeah party line right yeah and 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 that's not me i mean and and, and i i don't see that as something that can effectively maintain strong like like strong high levels of participation that will be necessary to you have know? any kind of actual change, you need people involved in these things. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, can I ask you, do you ever do call, do people ever call into your show? Uh, so that is something that uh, we have been working on. We don't usually do live. Um, however, um, what well, we do live once a month, and I have experimented with it. Uh, so we could potentially make that happen. Well, because here's what I was thinking. Now that we know that, like, 
instead of using Skype, we're on Zoom. Yeah. So people would call in on a separate line. They mm -hmm. would call in on a phone line, I guess. Or yeah, you could do that. Because what I'm thinking is it would be fun if, you know, we do this again in, in the not too distant future. You know, given the kinds of things we're talking about, it'd be fun to hear what listeners might have to say. Yeah. Okay. I mean, or what questions they might want to ask. It would be, it would be nice to know that someone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, well, let's hope that they've heard this tape recording. We can say, you know, you can sort of start promoting the idea. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll do a call in. Um, so anyway, that's a really good idea. I'm going to write that down. And, uh, and if we know this, we could sort of promote it. We could even do this. We could promote it on Twitter and let people call in from all across the country. I love it. Uh, that, sound, that sounds like Sam Cedar right there. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll build your following. Yeah, exactly. We'll 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 we'll, we'll steal we'll steal his gimmick. <laughs> his gimmick. <laughs> so I, I guess um, so. Well, one, and by the way, if it yeah. becomes good, think, I'm I'm trying to give you you know some ideas. So because it crossed my mind that you could have people you, you could say hey next time we have a show I want to hear people call and tell me their what a movie that they think was progressive or. Oh. That's or a good some idea. music that they think is progressive. You know, there's a fellow Ben Mankiewicz. Yeah. Who is the, he's the host. He's he's he was the co-founder of the Young Turks, and he is the the premier host on the Turner Classic Movies. Correct. Yeah. And he, a few years ago, he and I became friends because he really liked my book on the Four Freedoms because both his father and my father were in the Battle of the Bulge in World War II, and he interviewed me for the Young Turks. And we got to talking. I'll make the long story short. I ended up co-hosting with him a night of Turner Classic Movies. Oh, that movies that would fit the theme of the Four Freedoms. Okay. Okay. And um, but before we ever did that, in our many exchanges, one one time he said to me, "Name a few progressive movies that will surprise me." You know. And mm -hmm. I said, "I said the Disney movie Newsies." Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, because that, of that, that was a newsy labor strike. organizing. Yeah, the, the newsies okay. went on strike, right? Yeah, so I, you know, I mentioned a few others, not unlike that, and you know, provides for it might be entertaining, it might provide for conversation, something to consider if you if we if you go to call in and and we Absolutely. have an opportunity together to do that. Yeah, and 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 one we actually have uh, discussed doing sort of you know sort of readings of like w like watching a movie and sort of like having a roundup like a roundtable discussion about that kind of uh, stuff too, uh -huh. yeah. Um, yeah. with the with the other with the co-hosts. So that would be something that would be really interesting to do. Uh, you're listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. We have uh, Professor Harvey K. Uh, he is joining us via a uh, telephone co uh, conference, uh, and we. Uh, uh, we were talking kind of about different ways because this is kind of bringing back to the beginning of our discussion about ways that we can sort of have instead of having a independent, I suppose you could say, like a left media, which it definitely should be def financially independent and funded from uh, members. But we need to make sure that that this independent media is an active participant in the culture and it needs to be a part yes. of. It needs to be it needs to be a part of the culture and not distinct from it because in, in it's very I mean I guess you could straddle the inside outside I suppose of it um, mm. but it can it cannot be ex exclusively outside of the culture any kind of a any kind of a movement or any kind of a pressuring cannot be exclusively outside it can be sort of um, I don't want to say fragment but it could be sort of like a I'm thinking like a Venn diagram almost, you know. 
Yeah, right. And I apologize if people hear a little bell going off. I, I forgot to silence the text, the, the iMessaging on my computer. And some of my former students are having a conversation and I'm ending up receiving it. And I can't <laughs> silence it That's in fine. the situation we're in right now. But next time I'll remember to silence it. That's fine. Uh, well, anyway, um, so, but yeah, so, yeah, so almost like uh, we need to have, uh, we, we, we need to have, uh, we need to be able to be a part of the culture to push the culture forward, I guess yes. is a way, uh, a way of sort of summing that up in a, in a short little right. um, perspective. And that, Barbara Ehrenreich some years ago wrote an article. She said, the left should be fun. Absolutely. Okay. And so, you know, I, I, again, I don't think she meant it should be silly, but she did mean it should be fun. And that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it, it, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, that 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 sounds about right. There needs to be there. It, 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 it can't all be just you know eating your vegetables. I call it. You know, it can't just <laughs> all be uh, sitting through meetings. You know, taking place under Robert's rules or things like that. There needs yeah. to be. Um, it needs to be appealing to bring people in, and it also needs to be appeal like any kind of a durable movement needs to be appealing to bring people in, and it needs to be also appealing so that people don't burn out. There needs to be well, fun. I, I know you're friendly with with. We were talking before. You're friendly with Nathan Ro Nathan J. Robinson. Yes, it? from Current yeah, Affairs Nathan, magazine, and and the, and that the whole Current Affairs organization, their magazine, and and their podcast. You can tell from their podcast that they're serious, but they are having fun. Right. Okay. Like you and I, I hope have had some fun. Here, Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, 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 and that is something like, I don't know. The, seriousness is important. And, and, you know, the, the vegetables are important of a well-balanced diet, I suppose. However, you need it. I feel like I'm doing a really cliched, you know, ham handed <laughs> uh, comparison here. But th th there does need to be a treat every now and then, right? Cats can yes. have a little salami, and right. you know you can well, have. And, and by the way, that's one not to not to you know not to beat on him, but but we were talking about Bernie and what what other things. And and Bernie apparently uh, in small groups is is a funny guy, very light, oh, yeah. you know, hearted and all that. But he kept coming across as too intense for a lot of people. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's definitely a pro yeah. a possible part of it, and you know. And he's not going to get done any like the, the 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 thing that is highlighted of him specifically in mainstream media is not the parts that are appealing. It's the the, the framing, the the sort of um, character characterization, I suppose. Is that am I using that word correctly? Anyway, the That's, sort of like the picture yeah. that the 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 press and the mainstream media paints is of this like stodgy old guy who you know just won't shut up about medicare for all or whatever yeah. you know yeah, the and, angry old man right who's yeah on the billionaires and, and they're not going to do him any favors great, but maybe he should have had a good joke about billionaires to drive the point home well i, I mean i i think that he did i i think that he did do some pretty funny stuff um I don't know. He he does a really good sort of like sarcastic. Oh yeah, sure. That would be a real shame if we didn't uh, <laughs> uh, if we didn't like you know if we didn't give money to billionaires or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Well, th yes, yes. It's that, just that's think, just not what's yeah. put in the front of that portrayal of him. He yeah. and, and and I mean I guess he could could do more of that. And I'm not like I'm not saying well, you're I'm wrong. I'm not saying he should become a stand up comic. All I know <laughs> is there should be more. Maybe he needed to be more endearing or something. Along yeah, those perhaps, yeah, totally. And I mean, 
got, you know, when you're a, when you're a 79 year old man from Brooklyn, I suppose. I mean, that you yeah. you are who you are at that point. And right. and I, I mean, again, that 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 is a really excellent point. There 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 cannot be this sort of like aura of self seriousness, which has been kind of it it has been a problem essentially on the left at times as well. And that's why I do like things that are maybe not frivolous, but 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 more of a lighthearted, you know, more of a, you know, got a got a got a more relaxed energy, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Well, we can always say we can always say next time I come on, we'll have if we're going to do an hour, we'll do 15 minutes of heavy duty, serious, <laughs> 15, 15 minutes of humor, another 15. Well, well. I don't. Well, we don't usually plan it out like that. We, it's just kind of no, like it kidding, just sort I'm of flows. No, I'm kidding. I'm. <laughs> oh, 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 you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we are kind of winding down a bit. Um, I, I guess one more time about the FDR um, on, on him and connecting him to Bernie really quickly because we talked about that a bit before. One of the things that I thought that was really interesting when he started doing the like live video ta uh, tapings or screenings from um, yeah. for the campaign after the coronavirus thing, he literally sat next to a, a potbelly stove with a fire oh, on, the with yes. Faj Shakir next to him, which is which is okay. very FDR. Now you're gonna, now you're gonna get me going again. Get Hold going, let's go. Look, but you're gonna get me going because. Brianna Joy, so they did the fireside chat on the Saturday night on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, every, everyone understood the reference. Even young people were, uh, were attuned to the reference. And then on Sunday, Brianna Joy Gray did a one-hour YouTube show before the debate with Biden. Mm -hmm. And she emphasized the economic, the FDR's economic bill of rights and how it lays the basis for Bernie Sanders' 21st century economic bill of rights. And I believe she even said, I'm just really trying to provide an, an entrance yeah. for, to what Bernie will be doing when he debates next hour. Mm -hmm. Well, that would have been great, but Bernie didn't do it. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it. That's mm -hmm. exactly what, I'm, what bugs me. Mm -hmm. He kind of doesn't take direction. It, is that... He was primed by his own fireside chat on YouTube. But the only people tuning into that event were already people already attuned to Bernie. Right. And then the Brianna Joy Gray event, where again was a people attuned to Bernie. Yeah. But it was to set Bernie up to carry through on the FDR, Economic Bill of Rights, Green New Deal, Medicare for All stuff. And he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. That's that's been my point ever since 2015. Mm -hmm. I'm Look, I love the guy, but he just he wouldn't make the next step when he had a national audience that he could educate. Mm -hmm. He could become the history teacher in chief at that moment, as FDR was on his fireside chats back in the 1930s. Sure. That's all I'm saying. OK, sure. And speaking of FDR, I believe you have a book coming out this Tuesday. Yes, <clears throat> it is. So. <clears throat> OK, so this Tuesday, a book book coming out is FDR on democracy and it's it's basically i've edited fdr's speeches and writings into a readable fashion to really try to inspire and encourage all of us to remember that we have it in our power basically to create a more social democratic america just as our grandparents 
and our great-grandparents, for those of you who are much younger than I am, did back in the 1930s. Great. And and you can pick that up. Um, uh, where can we go? It's going to be at pretty much all of the websites, independent bookstores, the, you know, the mainstream ones. Uh, Powell's is independent out in Portland, Oregon. You can order through them. Great. Uh, all the, it's going to be readily available, widely available. Uh, great. And you can follow Professor K at, uh, at Harvey J.K. on Twitter, H-A-R-V-E-Y-J-K-A-Y-E. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. Uh, and follow uh, follow Good Morning Comrade at Comrade Morning. Uh, you can check us out every Tuesday. Uh, I guess I can give you the last word, uh, and then I can sign us off. Yeah, well, I look forward to talking to you again. Absolutely. Okay, this is fun. I, everyone should know, if they didn't already know, that I lived in Louisiana for three years. <laughs> I did my Ph.D. at LSU. I still go. I still watch every LSU football game I, game I can. And you bet I say go Tigers. So just like Coach O, uh, super last thing before. I, I'm sorry. I said I'll give you the last word. But Coach Orgeron, okay. one of the funny things about him, uh, he was a part of, and if you're listening, you know, not in, New, in the Louisiana area enough to Coach Orgeron, he's got a very, like, gravelly voice. Yes. And he always the says things like, go Tigers. Imaginable. But he was, the, he was a part of the John Bell Edwards's, um, his sort of coronavirus game plan team or whatever. And they had a really great video, I'm about to send it to you, of, of Coach Orgeron just saying we need to wash our hands, we need to act like a team, act like the Tigers, you know, make sure oh, we're washing our hands, staying six feet away. It's just, I that guy... Cra- shared widely. Yeah, and, and I was almost... Um, I was, uh, I was super, super, super last thing. I'm sorry, but I, I, was, I was actually joking around on this program and with friends outside of, of this, but of finding a way to make a connection between Coach Orgeron and Bernie Sanders. Like, if we could somehow make it seem like Coach O was a Bernie bro. Oh, I love that. But geez, I, nothing would give me more pleasure than to have that. That would be fabulous. <laughs> anyway, uh, Harvey JK, thank you so much for coming on. Good morning, comrade. You're welcome thank to come you, back Jeff, anytime. And, by the, and, and again, I, I think it's great what you're doing. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, uh, you can listen to Good Morning Comrade every Tuesday on WHIVFM. You can also uh, get all of our episodes, including our podcast release on goodmorningcomrade.com uh, and you can also just get more information about our show there uh, and on the bhivfm.org. <laughs>